Welcome to Questioning the MBA. I'm your host, Joe Uvoli. This is a podcast for people who have considered business school, but want to find a different way to achieve the same goal. As I see it, you go to business school for three reasons, the knowledge, the network, and the diploma. While this podcast can't get me the third part, my hope is that it can sure help me and you develop the first two. On this show, I'll be asking questions to experts in various business disciplines to pick their brain, learn what they know, and gather resources to continue to develop in all areas of business. Today on the show, we have Social Starts venture partner, Charles Smith. Charles Smith, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Happy to be here. Thanks for taking the time. Um, so uh, before we get started, why don't you give everybody a brief background about yourself? Uh, what do you do? Where do you work? Things like that. Sure. I'm currently a venture partner at Social Starts. Uh, Social Starts is one of the most active early stage funds in the country. We also have a Series A fund. Um, and we invest in uh, content, commerce, Internet of Things software, and work platforms. Um, Prior to that, I started my career in the New York startup scene and uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, I was a co-founder of a company called Real Media that was that built one of the early ad servers. Um, and then after that, the same team got together and built Dakota, which um, commercialized behavioral targeting. Uh, it was eventually sold to AOL. Uh, and then from there, I started to work with a bunch of different startups, helping them do operations. Um, and so I did that for Etsy and stayed at Etsy. When, uh, it was a very new company at Etsy for almost three years. And then I founded a, um, co-founded a music startup called XFM. Yep. Uh, and roughly at that point, I started doing angel investing um, and got frustrated with my inability to create a real process around being an angel and so looked for a venture partner opportunity and um, I had been an investor in all the social starts funds and so that was a good opportunity for me to um, to join them and so that's what I'm doing now gotcha gotcha so so can you talk about why did you how did you end up in this role uh, how did you end up as a, like, what led you to become an angel investor and then eventually to become a VC? Sure. Originally, I thought that, like I think many angel investors do, think that, you know, uh, we've been in the startup world and we're really smart and um, can pick winners uh, very easily. Um, and I also wanted to, I also love being involved and around and uh, I'm really interested in very, very young companies, companies that are uh, really in the beginning stages. And an angel investor was a great way to try to be involved and to, um, you know, be able to hopefully help those companies. Um, and, you know, angel investing, what I found was, and I, I'm very proud of my portfolio, but what I found was that I wasn't able to do really good competitive analysis, um, you know, I didn't have a system, and uh, and I certainly could have built those things uh, on my own, but um, I really wanted more structure. Uh, and even if I was able to build those things, I would still still have been doing it in a vacuum. And so switching over to being a VC, um, being part of a team, having, um, you know, uh, working with guiding philosophies, uh, 
building theses around different spaces that we thought were, we think are interesting. Um, that was a, a, a pretty a pretty logical evolution, mm-hmm. um, and so that's that, that's why I went from being an angel to being uh, a venture partner. Gotcha, gotcha. So so as a VC, um, you know, for anybody who's interested in becoming a VC, what what sort of skills, if any, are prerequisites to becoming a VC? Well, I think there are a number of them that, uh, um, and not all of which are necessarily distinctive from uh, from other roles. But mm-hmm. um, I think number one, uh, good judgment, especially when it comes to people um, and understanding, um, being able to understand what makes what motivates people, mm-hmm. um, and you know. Being able to say, "Oh, I think this person has their ability has the ability to drive their vision all the way to success." Um, so that that type of judgment, I think, is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the second is to be able to um, to be a good salesperson. Um, you know, a lot of deals get competitive, and you need to be able to sell your firm and your firm's ability to help companies um, very readily. Uh, and I think that's sort of a, 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 you know, perhaps an understated value that people don't understand about about being a venture capitalist is that it's not, you know, not everybody will take your money. Uh, you have to prove you have to prove your worth. Um, and I think that the third thing is the ability to work within a team structure. Um, and you know, very much VCs are it's a very collaborative industry, or at least in my experience. And you know. Um, I have to work to build consensus among my team members if there's an investment that I'm very interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to be able to state my case and build a case and support that case. Um, and so that's something that, um, you know, that's very, it's very collaborative, which I think um, can be different uh, if you're, you know, a CEO. Uh, and yeah, it's not, certainly VC world is somewhat hierarchical, but it's not as hierarchical as a, as a company typically. So how would you, what are some of the best resources or, or what are the best ways to sort of learn how to understand what motivates people? I, I think that's a really difficult one. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that has helped me in that role is that I've uh, often in, when I worked at startups, I um, ended up in, the, in an HR role and certainly helped. Mm-hmm. I've hired um uh, you know, probably over 600 people into startups in my career. Um, and so I've just done a lot of interviews uh, and, and, and have developed a framework for how to, how to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I do think is important when you think about how to, how to analyze people is to, is to construct that framework and be able to go back and, you know, you'll hear VCs talk about pattern matching well, part of being able to match patterns is being able to put the the person that you're assessing into similar situations, right? So um, whether it's talking about specific things within their backgrounds, whether it's understanding um, what their school environment was like, whether it's understanding how they worked in previous companies, um, but, but coming to a, um, uh, some sort of formula around how to uh, approach and address in question form um, 
you know, the, the, the CEO that you're trying to uh, analyze, I think is really important. Mm -hmm. And does that just come from basically just a lot of practice from talking to a lot of different people and figuring out how you're going to analyze them? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly some people are natural, uh, have the ability to naturally perceive strength and weaknesses within others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But a, a lot of it is listening mm-hmm. um, and working on your listening skills and constantly asking yourself, what is that person really trying to tell me with their answer? Mm-hmm. And what, what are they really trying to get across? Um, you know, because I, I, I don't think it's it's rare that you you are the first person to ask um, uh, an entrepreneur uh, a, a particular question, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, they've heard similar questions all the time. Like, what makes your market better than everybody? Why is your market big? Mm-hmm. Why don't other whatever whatever the question is? They've heard it before, mm-hmm. um, and so under, you know, trying to understand the motivation for what they what it is that they're telling you. Um, is uh, is something that I always try to do. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and one of the things you mentioned, um, I think this is part of part one. You said, uh, you know, you want to look for the ability for somebody to, um, to to demonstrate that they can drive their vision forward, that they can actually complete the task. Um, yep. How do you how do you look for that? How do you notice that in an entrepreneur that you're evaluating? I think that. Um, trying to test them on their commitment to their vision is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you can also certainly, um, that's where background uh, and digging deeply into their background, I think, plays a really important role. Mm-hmm. Understanding what's happened when they've um, failed before or when they've succeeded before and how that um, plays into their lives. Um, getting to the point where you feel comfortable um, as to whether or not they will succeed, mm-hmm. uh, you're still guessing at some level, right? You're never going to know 100. percent Yeah. Um, and and also, look, market conditions change. You know, there's there there's there are exterior factors, right, uh, that determine success and failure often. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not always going to know that, but you know, you are looking to to figure out whether or not that person is determined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it, that's almost always a judgment call, but it, there are ways to get 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 at it Mm -hmm. and so is is this sort of what you were talking about one of the reasons why you wanted to move from being an angel to vc is uh, i would imagine it's it's much much easier to dig into somebody's background and look at their previous successes when you have a team behind you who's doing that research is that right well not necessarily even doing the research but you can um you know but yeah i mean if you're if you you can triangulate if you will you know Mm -hmm. you um uh and and in a similar way, you want people to be able to, you know, face different types of questions and questioners, mm-hmm. um, and, and see how they react. Um, you know, I hesitate to say good cop, bad cop. I would imagine that most species are bad cop, bad cop, but, um, <laughs> you know, there's a, uh, um, there is a real value in, in taking different angles and, and having different types of conversations with founders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our firm requires at least two in-person meetings with different partners, uh, mm-hmm. so that we can get different viewpoints on, uh, on a CEO. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. So, so you said, um, your, your third point was, uh, 
you know, some of the prerequisites for being a VC was the ability to work within a team structure. Um, can you talk about, uh, so a couple questions with that. Can you talk about what you would say your skill set is as a VC? Like, what do you bring to the team over at Social Starts? I, you know, I, I think I'm very good at judging um, early stage, especially entrepreneurs and their ability to, to drive through things. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, have been in and around um, so many early stage situations within companies themselves. Um, you know, I have a good sense of how to help those CEOs operationally. Um, and I think that's something that we try to do a lot of at social stars, um, is, is to say, okay, look, you, you have this operational issue, um, whether it's hiring or sales, uh, or thinking about the next fundraise, but that's where we really try to be helpful. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I, I certainly hope that I bring that, that capability. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have, um, you know, it's, uh, having done startups in multiple uh, areas, uh, you know, my first two startups were ad tech. Uh, Etsy was a you know, was a marketplace. Uh, XFM is a you know is a consumer facing music app. Uh, I've worked also with companies that have done um, you know baby food. Uh, I, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I've inv- I've invested in wedding companies. I've invested in. Um, uh, you know, fantasy fantasy sports companies. So I, you know, I, it's a very wide range. All of mm-hmm. all of which are very early stage. You know, yeah. Um, p- personally, I've never done an investment in a company that was valued at more than ten million when I made the investment. Uh, uh, and Social Stars is a really early stage fund, so it's, it's yep. you know, I've seen a lot of those deals. Mm-hmm. So I know I sort of asked you this for the last question, but I just want to I want to push you on this a little bit because I, I do want to understand sure. how you think about this. Um, you mentioned again, you know, you you bring the ability for uh, you know to evaluate early stage and, and the ability to notice when somebody can drive through things. Um, what what exactly is it about an entrepreneur? Let's say it's their first time running a company. What are some of the things that sure. you notice and you see that will that demonstrate to you that they can push through things? Maybe when they haven't done it before. Sure. One of those things is to dive, um, uh, and this is something I do uh, often to the surprise of entrepreneurs, is to dive pretty deeply into their backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always interested in hearing what their parents did, um, you know, uh, how, how they made a living when, when the entrepreneur was a child. I'm always interested in hearing the stories of whether there was, uh, that was a, you know, an easy childhood or a struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's often, um, uh, you know, we, we both... We both know someone pretty well whose whose parents ran a restaurant when they were when they were a kid, mm-hmm. and often the, and and I've seen that time and time again. The kids whose parents ran restaurants they started peeling potatoes when they were eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they know the value of hard work. They uh, uh, you know they understand what it means to wake up. At, you know they they literally live over the shop, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of thing that we look for in an entrepreneur. Do mm-hmm. they figuratively live over the shop? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know so that's something um, you know your own background for example I think is always interesting to talk you know, uh, you know athletic success especially in um, sports that you know don't have massive financial outcomes at the end of it mm-hmm. um, is always interesting because that you know shows a determination and a willingness to uh, to work towards goals. So there's certain things like, and there are all kinds of other examples, by the way. I mean, you know, there's, 
but it's, it, it is getting into people's backgrounds and understanding what, what, what have they gone through in life? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it, what and what have they succeeded? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's something I, I yeah. and I love to do it too because people's stories are great. Yeah, uh, and even, even if you don't end up investing, mm-hmm. uh, you know the uh, having the opportunity to hear people's stories is is, is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So so from an entrepreneur's viewpoint, it sounds like they should spend time thinking about how they're going to pitch their backstory as well as their company. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, uh, although it is, you know, it it's also good to be catch them, you know, catch them by surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, uh, but as I said before, they they faced almost every question, so they're almost mm-hmm. never really surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and and you can also, uh, you know, it's it's um, you know, in some ways, it's a job interview. Um, but and, and and you can also tell by how you know if you push at certain questions how they respond. Hmm. Um, what makes them uncomfortable uh, in their background? Hmm. Um, and so that's that's always very interesting. Gotcha. So so back to uh, you know the VC team as a whole. Um, you know you said you bring um, you know you face a lot a lot of different situations. You have a, a good ability to identify um, uh, you know pick out early stage winners and people who can. Uh, drive through things. Um, talk about what your partners bring to the team. Um, sort of how does everyone's skill set complement each other, um, if that's even the case? Sure. Oh, we definitely, uh, we definitely do. Well, there's a, there's a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a diversity in backgrounds, like I talked about before, in terms of the types of companies that we've been involved with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our fund in particular has. Um, has a lot of deep experience in the media business. And so we bring that to, you know, it's one of the reasons we look at content um, as a focus area to invest in. Uh, another is the types of jobs that they've had, right? Our founding partner is very good at doing the types of analysis that I talked about in terms of driving to, um, you know, determining uh, the entrepreneur's ability to succeed. Um, our managing partner is, as you might expect from a managing partner, extremely organized, um, has a wealth of um, experience both as a VC and in operating companies, and um, so has you know has, has has seen a lot and and is incredible at driving into the details of numbers and technology, mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that I think the other thing we that I don't possess that um, uh, that I certainly need help with is you know the ability to really understand um you know what happens in technology so you know that that that's a really good example um you know and just like they rely on me uh you know to maybe talk about uh to talk about marketplaces mm-hmm. um and so the um uh, you know so i you know in fact over the weekend i i um uh, we were, you know, talking about a company and wondering whether or not how we should look at marketplaces. So I was able to, you know, write a, a short description about what I think marketplace dynamics look like and mm-hmm. based on my experience, right, which is unique within the firm. So from the viewpoint of an entrepreneur, when, um, so let's say once you've had a, uh, once you've had a pitch meeting and you're interested in that entrepreneur, you like their backstory, you like what they're working on, um, just walk us through sort of, what the firm does next after that initial, that first meeting? 
Sure. Um, so we, uh, as a firm, meet as a firm every uh, once a week, every Tuesday, and we see our job is to generate every week with every company we're talking to um, either a next step mm-hmm. or a no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, sometimes the next step will be two or three weeks away, uh, and often the next step, and the next step can range in 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 in, uh, in what it is, right? It's all, it, perhaps it's a, another meeting with a partner, perhaps it's a, t- uh, a technology uh, review with the CTO, uh, perhaps it's a meeting with our COO to dig deep into the financials. Um, so there, there are any number of things, but yeah. what we what we you know, I pride ourselves in the ability to go back to entrepreneurs every week and say, hey, this is the next step. Here's what we think we need to do before we invest. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, or say no. Right. And, you know, that anybody who's ever sold, um, you know, the uh, a next step in knowing the path or a no, those are much better than a, than a big maybe. Yeah. Uh, right. Or a, or a, or a long uh, or a long maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, long maybe's are, are, are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, what you're saying is you don't want to leave anybody hanging after that initial meeting. Right. Yeah. Or, or any meeting, right? Do we have exactly? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And hopefully, we can drive through that process like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like um, it sounds like there's really no typical process other than you guys meet, you evaluate the meetings that you have that previous week and you decide what you're going to do on it. But from there, it can split any number of ways depending on where that well, team I mean, is. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, but, so in a sense, yes, we do have a process in, in uh, um, at least two partners, often three partners, have to evaluate the CEO as a person right, mm-hmm. and determine whether or not uh, they're going to succeed. Um, a subset of that, those three people are also going to take a hard look at the business and determine whether or not it's going to succeed and realize that we're almost all of our deals uh, are very early stage, right? So we're often not evaluating on, on a lot of numerical history. Um, and so, you know, a lot of it is that personality driven evaluation mm-hmm. uh, and determining whether or not we think that CEO has the ability to attract quality talent, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, so the, the so that that that's a big portion yeah. of it. Um, it is it is it is it just the CEO, or is it? Would you say it's the the, the founding members? Well, you know, we, we do often talk to companies that just have CEOs, um, mm-hmm. but the CEO is most important, mm-hmm. and you. You know, the CEO is the one driving the vision of the company um, mm-hmm. and is responsible for attracting top talent. Mm-hmm. Now, getting to know the team members is really important, too. Number one, it determines whether or not that CEO has been successful and already attracting top talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number two, you can get a sense of whether or not that team has the ability to to effectively deliver on the CEO's vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I guess you can say this without being specific, but have you have you ever met, um, say, have you ever met a CEO that you were you were totally sold on? You thought um, he was definitely a winner. He was good at accomplishing things, and then you met his team and decided to pass on the company. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. 
uh, yeah, um, you know, and often that's, um, you know, there's a couple things there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, as a, especially as an early stage investor, you're not investing a lot of money and that there's not a lot of runway that they're really creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you don't think the team has the ability to do what they're saying they're going to do, mm-hmm. uh, then that's, I mean, that's pretty much the definition of a wasted, wasted investment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, because you, if you realize that the, the tech team, and, and we, I mean, one of our hard and fast rules that, I mean, we, bro- we break, you know, 2% of the time is that mm-hmm. we don't invest in companies that, uh, that don't have CTOs, hmm. right? So that, that's a really important piece for us. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if we don't, if we don't believe the CTO is capable of, of driving the product forward, um, yeah, then that, that, that's, that's, you know, that that's clearly a waste of our investment. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, can you talk a little bit more about why you guys have that rule that you don't invest in companies? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think I think uh, you know the the two most important scenarios in a startup, uh, and, and I don't even actually not necessarily even just a startup, mm-hmm. um, but what what often, uh, and I'm sure you've seen both of these, um, is competitive pressure. Mm-hmm. Right, so your major competitor changes what they're doing. They come up with a new business model. They 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 fundamentally alter their product for the better. Right. Uh, or number two, your own system had a has a catastrophic failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those things are extreme threats to the business, and um, and they happen. They both happen without so- in house. Go ahead. Go, no, no, no. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah, it's okay. So without an in-house CTO, you know, if you're if you're relying on, uh, you know, outsource and, and outsource dev underneath a, a, a by the way, it's totally fine underneath a, an in-house C, a CTO. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't have someone who owns the code base mm-hmm. um, and is responsible, uh, you know, for managing how it's built, etc., it's very difficult to truly react. To either one of those scenarios, mm-hmm. right? Gotcha. Um, yep. uh, right, because you don't have someone whose whose feet are constantly on, uh, on the fire to, to get those things done. And by the way, like there are plenty of companies who shouldn't have CTOs, right? You know, and I have that conversation all the time. You know, someone will say, "Oh my God, would you invest if we actually hired a CTO?" I said, "Well, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying you should have a CTO. I'm saying that we are not comfortable without a CTO. But that doesn't mean it's the right or wrong thing for your business." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with plenty of examples of companies of founders that I really like that shouldn't have CTOs at this stage in their business, and mm-hmm. um, uh, so you mm-hmm. know that it, it, it's uh, yeah. Um, you have to be uh, you have to understand what you actually need as a company. A, a great C- CEO will understand and 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 manage accordingly. Mm-hmm. So, can you talk about the times where you have made investments? And the, the company didn't have a CTO. What was uh, it about them that made you feel comfortable making going forward? Well, yeah, you, usually they have a um, someone who is at, I mean, you know, is not uh, is acting as a CTO, but the company is not quite ready to name them CTO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's not all pedantic, you know. Uh, something and sometimes it's because we are a moment of inception investors, right? And so if we know a CEO very well or strongly feel like a CEO is in a great place, 
you know, um, we will invest before they have their final team together because that's our best opportunity to get a good price at, for a good CEO. Sorry, a good price for a good CEO. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'm writing down notes here, at, you know, as you were talking about the things that you guys are looking for. Um, so I, I have two things written down. It says um, you're looking at the CEO. That's the most important. And then you're looking at the overall business. Um, as a whole to, you know, to see if it's in a place where it can be successful. Um, what else would you guys say as a, as a venture capital firm you're looking at when you meet a new company? Well, you know, we want to understand that they're attacking a market that's big enough to drive a successful exit, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's one of the first things you look at. Um, you want to understand if... Um, if their approach is, is, is novel, or at least sounds like it might be novel. Uh, and, you know, cause obviously competition plays a big role in this. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you want to understand the market dynamics that make right now, like why, uh, why is right now the time that this business needs to exist? Why do your customers need to have your product in their hands, mm-hmm. uh, very quickly? Um, so that, that, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, so any and all of those things are really important. I also think that understanding, um, you know, we're often going to invest in companies that don't yet have proven revenue models, mm-hmm. but they should all have ideas as to how their product might drive yep. revenue. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I, that I told you I wanted to talk about was, um, one, I wanted to talk about you know, becoming a VC and working as a VC, just sort of give people a little bit of uh, a look under the hood in terms of what happens, um, you know, at a VC uh, firm. Um, but I also wanted to have you talk about what you think it's like from, you know, the entrepreneur's viewpoint. So um, the first question that I wanted to understand and ask you about was um, from the viewpoint of an entrepreneur, you know, you've just come up with an idea for a company, you know that you're going to need investment what is the right time to start thinking about pitching and meeting with VCs? I think that whatever you can do to build relationships with potential fa- uh, potential funders of your business, mm-hmm. um, you should spend devote some of your time to all the time as a CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should always be thinking at least one round, often two rounds ahead. So if you, um, you know, if you come up with an initial idea for a business and you think it's interesting and you've built nothing, uh, you know, you're barely beyond the idea stage. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, who do you know in your network that might fund it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, because the most, the most important thing for a CEO coming out of a fundraising, right? So they've raised however much they've raised is to set the goals of what they need to raise the next round of fundraising. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're raising a seed round that's a million dollars, it's one thing to say that's 18 months runway. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to say, and much more important to say, well, to raise our A, you know, the VCs that I've talked to tell me that I need 150,000 in monthly revenue, break even, a million consumers using the app, whatever the number is, mm-hmm. right? 
you need to have cons- thought about that in the construction of that next round when you're raising the current round, mm-hmm. or else you won't raise enough. You'll mm-hmm. you know spend it incorrectly, etc. So you always should be thinking one or two rounds ahead. So if you mm-hmm. have an idea, and even before you have an idea, you know if you're interested, if you if if you think you know entrepreneurs, well you know who can I network with? Um, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you that a great place to network with people is. Uh, or a good, good group of people to network with, especially for a young founder, is are the principals and associates from from firms um, in whatever city you are, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and and understand the dynamic of principal or associate versus partner in a firm. That's important too. Um, but you want to be able to get a realistic picture of what it's going to take to raise, not just the round you're raising, but the next round. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so I just want to. Uh, I just want to. I just want to make sure I understand. Uh, I understand you clearly. So what you're saying is that, you know, it's it's day one right now. I, I have an idea. I, I feel pretty confident in it. I know that I want to go out and start raising money. And and I'm saying to myself, okay, my seed round is going to be a million dollars. That's going to get me 18 months of runway. And I and and I know that in order to raise that Series A, I need to be making 150 150 thousand dollars in revenue. I think I can get there in six months with this million dollars. So that's that's how I should that's how I should prepare, and that's how I should well, think I, in the future. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's less about how much time run, runway you have. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that 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 is obviously something you're always tracking. What am I going to run out of money? Mm-hmm. It, essentially, what I'm saying is, don't set your your spending budget on a time factor. Mm-hmm. Set your spending budget on a on a monetary factor. What do I need from this money to get the next round? Gotcha. And so, if I need one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in revenue, mm-hmm. how many salespeople do I need to hire to produce that? Yeah. Right. How many? Uh, you know, how many support people? If it's a, if it's you know, it's a system that needs support, mm-hmm. right? And that will drive you to raise the right amount of money, as opposed to saying, as opposed to saying, well, I, you know, I can, I need three more engineers, I need two salespeople, da 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 da. That's going to cost me X. So if I raise a million bucks, that's eighteen months. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. Eight, eight, right. Eighteen months is neither here nor there. One hundred fifty thousand dollars in in monthly revenue, uh, or whatever your number is. Yeah. Right. It, all, it could be a million users. It could, there's all kinds of different metrics that might be important. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're not having the conversation with real Series A investors who can lead rounds, and that's important, who can lead rounds and write big checks mm-hmm. and get an idea of the expectations. And that's, you know, they're not saying to you, if you, if you do a million dollars a year in revenue, I will definitely invest. That's not what you're looking for. I mean, if that, mm-hmm. that's wonderful if they actually do it. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but look, no, but you know, circumstances change so much, right? And uh, so it's not, it, it, you know, it, no fund's actually going to say that. But yeah. if you if you're getting real information about what it what's out there in the market mm-hmm. and what it takes to takes to raise an A, then that gives you the goals that you're that you should be driving for. Your yep. goal is not to last eighteen months. Your goal is to raise the next round. Yep. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. um so you mentioned, um, you know, the great people to find, you know, they're the principals and the associate at the firm. 
Um, yep. So a couple different, uh, a couple questions. Can you talk? Uh, let's start by talking about the differences between the two, a principal and an associate. Can you talk about that for a second? You know, I, I it, it, um, I am not, do not have enough experience at different firms <laughs> to understand, to, to, you know, how, how different firms use those terms. Gotcha. Um, okay. You know, so I'm, I'm. Um, I'm not a great person to ask that. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, you said that these are the great people, um, these are the great people to meet and try to network with. Where do you recommend entrepreneurs find these people? Sure. I mean, um, you know, there's any number and there's great newsletters right out there that, uh, whether it's Charlie O'Donnell's or, um, yeah, you know, Gary's guide of entrepreneurial events that are, that are happening around the city all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And often, certainly in our firm, it's our principal's job to get to a bunch of those and meet entrepreneurs. And mm-hmm. there's going to be people who are out there with the exact same job, right? Because deal flow is what uh, is really important to, to, to firms, right? How many deals can I put through my pipeline? Mm-hmm. And um, because obviously, the more deals you see, the more likely you're going to be successful. Uh, and the better are you going to be at analyzing deals, right? So, so that in and of itself is really important is to figure out um, where those people are. Um, and so just starting with those two newsletters, figuring out where the, um, where the big events are or small events, you know, mm-hmm. you can actually have conversations uh, and getting, getting to those events. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when an entrepreneur, uh, you know, they meet you, they network with you, they set up that first meeting. Um, what do you recommend the entrepreneur, what should the entrepreneur have prepared for that first meeting with you guys? You know, I, you know, there's, there's the, the almighty deck quote unquote, which is, <laughs> um, you know, uh, so they should certainly, you know, you, you certainly should the skills that can be shared within the firm. Right. But mm-hmm. different VCs have different views on decks. Um, I'm not very good at looking at a deck before a meeting um, and evaluating the company. Um, mm-hmm. Right. I, I, so I prefer to meet not having seen a deck. Okay. And I don't want to be walked through. And I don't want to be walked through the deck either, by the way. Um, hmm. uh, one of the things that I always said when I was doing a lot of interviews was um, if I have to look at the resume during the interview, well, that interview is not going very well because, um, you know, because I, I, we should be able to have a conversation um, without having, having for me to look down and say, oh, I see you were a salesperson or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I look at. Now, there are certain mm-hmm. cases where, you know, there's, there's a number or a demo or whatever that's part of the deck, and I'm always happy to do that. I don't want to walk through a deck, you know, slide one through 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and partially because I want, you know, I want a, a naturally flowing conversation, but also I don't, I, I think that the, you know, the, 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 I want to make, I want to make the entrepreneur a little uncomfortable right? <laughs> and, and the deck yeah. and the deck, the deck is a crutch in a lot of ways. Now, having said that, having a great mm-hmm. deck is really important and that's, what's going to be shared around the firm. That's what people are going to look at. That's how people are going to set, you know, uh, start to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, the other thing I would be, uh, you know, there's more and more, you know, information about people now. It's very easy to research. Um, and, and 
uh, I'm, I'm always really impressed when entrepreneurs come with specific questions for me based on my background hmm. uh, that they think can help them. Right, because even if we're saying no, um, I always learn something from the entrepreneur, right? I right. always love talking to people, right? And hopefully the, 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 the entrepreneur can gain something from a meeting with a VC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see tons of businesses, we see lots of pitfalls, we know what's going on in the market often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, you want to you want to raise money, but it also be, should be seen as an opportunity. If if if, you, if, it, if there's an if it's a no, mm-hmm. well, understanding what make make it a, make it a yes at the next round is important. But mm-hmm. also, like what what experience may I have had in my background that might help you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you? Um... Maybe this is hard, but can you give an example of a time you met an entrepreneur and he asked you a question about your background that impressed you or particularly impressed you? Um, yes. Uh, you know, I've had, I've had entrepreneurs ask really good questions about what it was like building the Etsy marketplace. Hmm. Gotcha. Right, if, they were, if they were in, because, you know, building a, a, a two-sided marketplace uh, um, is you know really difficult, um, and so entrepreneurs who who um, you know want to know the dynamics of how uh, how that was built, um, I've gotten good questions around that. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So it sounds like um, you know one thing that's coming to mind as you're saying this. And actually, truth be told, it might have been you who told me this, but um, <laughs> I I always thought of the deck as sort of a fallback if the conversation isn't going well. Like that, like the deck is your second option when you meet with a VC. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that what. What you a meeting with a VC is just like um, in, in some ways it's a it's a it's like a college interview or a press conference uh, in that no matter what the VC asks or the you know the college interviewer or the press mm-hmm. you should have things you absolutely want to get across mm-hmm. right and. Um, Right. If, if you're if you're feeling like the VC is either not understanding or um, you know or, or isn't uh, you know isn't sort of saying isn't agreeing with the point that you're making, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the deck is a great resource at that point to say, hey, look, can I can I can I show you this? Right? Can mm-hmm. I show you this research? Right? Or can I show you the demo of my product in action? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, and and it also, but also, right? That's that's uh, you know, don't waste time either, right? You know, you mm-hmm. should know, you should know your deck well enough, by the way. So if you are in that situation, you know, you should say, you should know. Oh, like, okay, look, I need to show him slide eleven, or, right, or yeah. four, or two, whatever it is. Yeah. And and look here, here I want to make this point, and this I have a slide in my deck that shows it really well. Let me just pull it up. Show you slide twelve, and mm. and and um, and I think that you'll understand it better. 
Yeah. And they might not, they may or may not, but you know, it, but be, but you know, it, it also be ready, like be ready for, for, for what you're going to refer to. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, <clears throat> you know, so I know we talked about this a little in the beginning of the interview, but, but ultimately, you know, after you've met that entrepreneur, um, you've had a couple of meetings with him, firm has looked at everything, um, you know, having to do with the CEO, the founding members, the business in general, what is ultimately what makes you invest in that business? What's the thing that pushes you, that makes you, that makes you jump, that pushes you over the edge? Uh, you know, it, it is a belief that uh, the particular entrepreneur has the ability to attract a great team, mm-hmm. to build a product in a market that we care about that's big enough to drive success. Gotcha. You know, and a, a whole bunch of things go into that, but it can be, you know, the you know, what the business model is, how hard the product is to build, how defensible it is, what the competition is, all those things. Yeah. But ultimately, it is, and it's, again, we're early stage, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and we do do Series A, mm-hmm. um, you know, but uh, uh, you know, a lot of my work, especially, is done at early stage, and so it's 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 determining whether or not that those characteristics are true. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's it's a belief that somebody can uh, attract great people for their team. That's a, in a market that you're interested in, and in a market that's big enough to provide a, uh, well, a big enough a, return a, for you guys. Right, a solution that that you know takes a big enough piece of that market. Right, mm-hmm. um, you know, and 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 market definition is funny because you can you know you can play all kinds of games with the, uh, what the actual size of the market is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is a great example of that, right? So, uh, still, no one knows what the uh, you know the, what the one-to-one uh, exchange of craft is as a market, right? The craft supply market in the United States, I think, is, is thirty-six billion dollars, right? But no one ever, no one has ever actually aggregated, or, or I, I've never seen it anyway. The, the amount of the data around how much actual business gets transacted uh, on, you know, handmade crafts that are not done at retail, right? Craft fairs, all kinds of, this, this behavior exists all over the place. Craft fairs, you know, uh, you know, uh, stand-up art shows, um, any of those kinds of things. So, you know, some of that's a, some of that's a leap of faith, but so you have to, you know, some of it's the, the, the VC is saying, yeah, I believe that that's a big market without actually having data. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so then once you guys have actually invested, um, what do you guys expect to get back from the founders? How do you expect them to work with you after the investment? Sure. The most important thing for us, and it's a big part of our evaluation process as well, is we want entrepreneurs to be truth tellers. Hmm. Tell the truth, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right, and if you're having a problem, call it out right away because we might be able to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and and tell the truth about it and face the music. And you know the, you know what we look at is um, we do not and we do we do a lot of investments, right? So we don't we don't take board of advisors roles. We don't take board of director seats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know uh, we we the entrepreneur is going to have a good, hopefully should have a good support system of advisors that can give them really deep strategic advice. We want 
to be thought of as a firm that, oh my God, I'm, I just hired this new sales force. Um, how should I think about training them? Right. Because mm-hmm. we have a ton of experience there. And, and, and actually, the head of our, the founding partner of our firm loves to do sales trainings for companies. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to sit down and talk about, you know, uh, how to think about hiring. Um, and how you should construct interview processes that um, don't drag the company down, but get you the the types of results that you need in terms of hiring people. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 very we try to be very practical in the help that we give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is it um? It sounds like you would prefer that information as soon as possible, rather than you know say like quarterly updates or anything like that. You know, quarterly updates are fine. Monthly updates are fine. Whatever the company is used to doing, I'll mm-hmm. say a couple things about updates. Number one, it should be something that's helpful to the CEO. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so by compiling the information, you actually make yourself a better CEO. Now, every update, you know, a lot of the information that is in a good update is is great information for the CEO to have and to track and to follow, right? Yeah. Um, the second thing I will say that it drives entrepreneurs absolutely crazy, sorry, drives venture capitalists absolutely crazy to get an update that doesn't talk about how much runway you have left and when you're going to run out of money. Gotcha. Um because that's where we can be the most helpful. Yeah. Uh, and that's all we, I mean, look, all the other stuff is great. Um, but every update I pull up, I think everybody in my firm is the same. We look through it and say, all right, when are, when are they running out of the money? And then, mm-hmm. and then everything else in the update has context. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right? Okay, so so that, yeah. If you're Go running ahead. out of money in, in, in 28 months mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you're, you know, you're having these issues with your product. That's a whole different conversation than if you're running out of money in four months and can't get the product shipped. Yep. Yep. Okay. Right. So, yep. so, you know, everything in that update, uh, is only in context knowing when the cash update is. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then, um, and then, so, what should the entrepreneur, you touched on this a little bit, but what should the entrepreneur be expecting from you guys once they invest? Um, a willing ear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not going to bother you um, asking for a lot of information, mm-hmm. um, but you should know that we're, you know, we love to help and are, are you know, we'll, we'll help however and whenever we can. Um, you know, they should know that what what is important for us is that they're successful uh, either raising that next round or, you know, exiting the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, you know, we th- those those two things are really important, and we want to we want to know and be be you know uh, given the opportunity to be helpful if they need help at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that mm-hmm. uh, and that we're going to be, you know, we are. Um, we're not going to test you for advice, but we're going to be in contact. We're going to, you know, ask to meet with you. Um, we're going to invite you to stuff. Like we have a couple of events, one in New York, one in, in the Bay area every year. Um, you know, big dinner type events or all day events. Um, you know, we try to get portfolio companies together. Um, so, you know, you are, you are going to hear from us. Yep. Yep. So it sounds like 
it sounds like for the most part, I mean, you guys, you guys are always willing to help, but the entrepreneur, especially the CEO needs to be proactive about yep. asking you guys for help and getting you guys involved. Yes, that's exactly right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Listen, Charles, this has been great. This has been incredibly helpful. Um, you know, the, the last question I want to ask, or well, two of the last questions that I want to ask everybody that comes on the show. Um, so one, uh, maybe if you can, can you recommend um, some books, blogs, general resources um, for entrepreneurs who are starting to raise money or for somebody who's um, interested in becoming a VC? What, what are some of the best resources out there for those two things? Um. Huh. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think um, uh, you know Brad Feld has written a bunch of books, um, as has Jeff Buskang, on mm. uh, being a VC and what those things mean. And both those guys are great venture capitalists, uh, and the books are terrific. So I would look for Brad Feld's books, and I would look for Jeff Buskang's book, um, and to to get a sense of those things. Um, you know, um, one of the other things that I would always look to do that I think, um, uh, is, and this isn't necessarily a book, uh, but, um, you know, really good VCs have an understanding of, um, culture of the world today. Mm-hmm. Whether and and that, that you know whether it's you know if you're if you're looking at consumer facing apps like understanding the consumer culture, um, or looking you know business culture, right? And so, and again, this is hard to get from books, but um, you know figuring out um, whether they be blog sources or news sources or whatever, um, you know to under you know to understand um, uh, you know the. Uh, 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 PCs who are evaluating, um, uh, you know, music business opportunities, they they better know who Justin Bieber is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even though their, even though their personal taste might be, uh, you know, skewed more very far away from Justin Bieber. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, and so this this last question is a little bit of an experiment. I want to see how it goes. But um, you know, in the realm of uh, of finance and venture capital, um, who's somebody that I should interview next? Who do you, who do you recommend I talk to to learn more? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Putting you on the spot a little bit. You know, I I, I think um, uh, one person who would be really interesting. I don't know him very well, but I have met him. Uh, is John Steinberg, who runs now runs Cheddar. Um, um, he been a VC. He's been at, uh, you know, he's president of BuzzFeed. Now he's the CEO of Cheddar. Um, mm. So that's interesting because it's someone who uh, has seen both sides. So really what I'm looking for is, you know, finding someone who has been raised money and um, and spent money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gotcha. I, I think a I think uh, uh, really good, you know, Jeff Buskang would be is a great one. Um, cause he's raised a ton of money, uh, and, 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 you know, done a ton of investing as well. Uh, you know, I think one of the other, you know, Alex is would be an interesting one, um, given his position at Techstars. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. yep. right. Uh, you know, or someone, um, 
someone like that uh, because I think that's something that we didn't touch on at all, but the accelerator slash incubator um, world has, has, has really shifted the way uh, fundraising and company building has happened over the past five years. Yep. Yep. No, that's a, that's a great, that's a great call. Um, and I like your, uh, <laughs> I like your distinction, your, your description of raised money and spent money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. All right, I will. Uh, I will do my best to reach out to you, to all these people to see if I can uh, see if I can have a conversation with them. But um, Charles, listen, really, always fun talking to you. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, sure. As things go on, uh, hopefully we can get you back on the show so I can ask you additional questions. Um, but thanks great. a lot for taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Joe, always always a pleasure talking to you too. And um, uh, you know, let me know anything I can do to help. Thanks for listening to Questioning the MBA. I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Yavoli. If you have any questions about the podcast, guests I should have on, topics I should cover, or things I might have missed, please tweet at me. I want to learn how I can make this show better. You can find all episodes of Questioning the MBA and all the MBA articles I've written at my website, joeyavoli.com. Until next time, keep working and keep getting better.